Welcome to Wellversed, where we bring biblical principles of governance to governmental leaders and you. This is the Wellversed podcast. I'm really excited to introduce to you our first guest tonight. It's Joe Vigenova. He uh, is an attorney. I've had the privilege of hearing him a number of times. I want to warn you, we're talking about it every once in a while. We bring you some topics that are so unpleasant, actually quite a few times we have, <laughs> but we can't take an ostrich approach and put our head in the sand. This is one I frankly have avoided and to see what's going to unravel on this one. But uh, we care not whether one is Democrat or Republican. We do care about the issue of integrity in office, and we do want to stand strongly against corruption. What we're talking about tonight for the next few moments will be the Hunter Biden laptop. And our attorney friend, uh, uh, Joe Vigenova, knows all about this. And in addition to that, then after that, will be another attorney, Joe Franco, to give us some very encouraging report from the Supreme Court. And you're going to hear some uh, things that are really going to encourage you and bless you. But first of all, let's go to our first, first report. Uh, Joe DeGeneva, we are so thankful you you come on tonight, and thank you for um, not giving up on being a pursuer of truth. Talk to us about this story, the Hunter Biden laptop. You uh, need to unmute, Joe. need to unmute. There we go. Yep, you're on. First of all, Jim, let me thank you for the invitation to meet with you and all of your wonderful friends. Um, we actually gathered this evening at a very difficult time in American history. Our institutions are being challenged and they are being debased publicly by the leaders of our country. We are watching unfold before us a devastating attempt at destroying a country while making it look like they are trying to preserve democracy. In fact, what's happening is we are being treated to a disaster of governance. And I've been around a long time. I'm almost 80. Uh, it won't be long before I'll be seeing the great one. And my view is very simple. The only thing I care about is the truth, uh, the good Lord, and preserving our country. Um, and obviously my family takes precedence over all of that. We are now engaged in a great battle. It is the battle for the truth. We are fighting the government, the mainstream media, and a bevy of institutions that no longer believe that the American people need to have a say in their future. It's very sad to me because I was born and raised in Wilmington, Delaware, the home of Joe Biden and his family. And it is very sad to me to see what has befallen my great state where I was born and raised. I was taught by the fathers of St. Francis de Sales at Silesianum School, I studied Latin, Greek, the great languages. And one of the things we all studied was civics and how governments ran and why it was important that government needed to be honest and truthful. 
What we have learned from this president is that that doesn't matter anymore to him and the people around him. The truth of what we see now is that for somebody like me who, be, who used to be under Ronald Reagan, the United States Attorney for the District of Columbia, who helped prosecute John Hinckley, and who went after spies, real spies, and convicted them, to watch the dissolution of the Department of Justice and the FBI at the hands of this administration is for me one thing. It is a moral issue. The sanctity of government requires that the people who run it be men and women of honor. Today, that is not the case. Whether it's the Attorney General of the United States, the FBI Director, the President, or whoever, we live in a sea of incredible corruption and the debasement of our fundamental institutions. This is going to require from the electorate attention and work. And by that I mean they have to know what's going on, they have to understand what is good and what is evil, and they have to fight. They have to fight like the Dickens. Because I, for one, was taught as a young boy, being taught by the Oblates of St. Francis de Sales, that to fight for good is good. And if you believe in that fight, you're going to win. This is a tough battle when you have all of the institutions of society basically siding with what I consider to be evil. There is no doubt in my mind as a Catholic, and I realize there are peoples of all faiths on this call, and that is the joy of such a call. One of the things that deeply offends me as a Catholic is the way that Joe Biden uses his religion as a prop. The, the belief in the fact that he can use it when he needs it and discard it when he doesn't. I am so deeply offended by the manner in which he and his family have conducted themselves, their public business, and their private business, that it is almost impossible for me to express it. And I have to remember the teachings of my priests and nuns to restrain myself in my expressions, lest, lest I cross that line. So what is this about? This is about how one family decides that it will use the good that we used to call government for money and corruption. It doesn't take any more evidence than what we already have to know that the Biden family has decided over many, many years ago that government is good when government gives to them. And I'm afraid that the longstanding effort of the American media and sadly the FBI and the Department of Justice to blind us from that has almost succeeded. But due to some revelations from some very, very brave men in the Internal Revenue Service at the Treasury Department, we are learning more and more about the actual facts 
surrounding the Biden family business. It's ugly, it's dirty, it's demeaning. And uh, believe me, uh, this, Satan is doing a dance watching Joe Biden run this government. When public office becomes a vehicle for theft and bribery, the country loses. And that's where we are. I have long since passed the line where I'm willing to give the president the benefit of the doubt and his family. Those days are over. The time now is for accountability. And what do I mean by that? I mean that when good and evil meet, somebody has to win and it better be good. The only way for that to happen in government and in public policy is for the systems that we have designed for accountability to work. When those systems are compromised, like they are at the FBI and the Department of Justice, that just leaves the Congress. The media is long since gone. They will no longer try to hold the Biden family accountable. It's going to be up to a few good men and women in Congress in the House of Representatives to do that. And they are doing yeoman service, may I say. They're not perfect. God doesn't choose perfect vessels. He chooses always imperfect vessels because there are no perfect vessels. And for all my friends and people who become frustrated with the pace and the tone of the deliberations in the House of Representatives, I tell them to say a prayer, take your time, keep watching and do your job. The most important of which is to take care of your family. And then when you've done that, make sure you vote and you vote with your heart in your hand because that's what it's going to take. I personally believe that what's happened now in the legal aspect of this with the Biden family, like the plea deal with Hunter Biden and the ignoring of his laptop by the FBI and the Department of Justice is a sign of the level to which we have fallen. Dante's Inferno uh, had many, many levels and we're getting to the bottom of them right now. There are no ways to explain how bad and corrupt the current US government is. This requires an observant and vigilant citizenry and one with a commitment to the rule of law, but also a moral commitment, a commitment to God. And the rule of law is useless without that commitment to God. So what do I say? What do I need to do? My job is going to continue to do what I've done as a result of how I met Jim, for example, which is to do briefings, talk to people, give speeches, try to represent people who need legal assistance when de dealing with this government. But the most important thing is to insist that the people in the House of Representatives continue to do their job and get this message out. And the other thing is, is to continue to, to urge people at every level to vote. And that's not a partisan issue. Voting becomes a moral issue when we're engaged in something like we are engaged now. Voting is an act of moral courage. And people have to exercise that moral courage right now more than ever. I personally, I've committed myself to doing everything I can to get as many people as I know to vote 
and to vote for the right people. And I must say that I've been encouraged by what I've been hearing from people who appear to be below the radar learning and listening and understanding the depths of how, how far we have fallen as a country. I must say that when I see some of these polls about people, only 39% of the American people are very proud of America, that tells me one thing. That tells me that the Marxists have won in their 60-year drive to educate young people into oblivion. Uh, we have a very difficult battle ahead of us to win the hearts and minds of all sorts of groups and age groups in America, but we really don't have any choice. Uh, God chose America to be the light of the, of the world. People come here for a reason. They don't come here because we're evil. Those people pouring across the southern border from 75 different countries are not coming here because we're evil. They're coming here because America represents something. It represents a goal. It represents good. It represents the future. And it represents safety and honor and honesty. And because our government at this point under President Biden is anything but all of that, each one of us on this call has a moral obligation to make sure that what happens in 2024 is the right thing. I know this is not a partisan call and I'm not being partisan right now. What I'm saying is, is that we have to choose the right person in 2024 to save the country. I don't know who that is right now. I'm just not sure. And I, I pray to the Lord for the guidance that I will pick the right person, whoever it is. And I pray for each one of you that you'll be able to do the same thing. Now, I think that I have probably pontificated enough and I would be delighted to answer some questions from people about what we do here. I'm actually not in Washington like I usually am. I'm in St. Augustine, Florida right now, but we spend a lot of time in Washington doing all sorts of things. So uh, Jim, with your permission, I, I'd like to open it up if I could to answer some questions for people. Well, let me just ask, uh, first of all, what is, what is how, walk to us, to us how serious the laptop is, what's the status, the kind of blockages that have occurred, <laughs> on that all these years and what are our chances based upon what Jim Jordan and other are doing to see if, if justice will ever come over this matter? Well, the laptop is actually, uh, the FBI ignored it, even though it had it and knew that it was real and verified. Uh, you never hear the FBI director talk about it. You never hear the attorney general of the United States talk about it. Uh, it's become one of the most embarrassing people's pieces of actual evidence in the history of U.S. law enforcement. Jim Jordan and the, the committees up there, including Mr. Comer, I assume by now all have copies of the hard drive because many copies of it were made by people who originally got control of it. Um, the, the laptop has now become the source of very, very many 
pieces of evidence that you are seeing now becoming public, like the WhatsApp material that has come available in recent days concerning uh, threats made by Hunter Biden to various officials in Ukraine and elsewhere and China for the demands for payments of millions of dollars in, in bribes. Um, I, I assume that given the danger of, of uh, running out of time, that Jordan and all the people up there on the Hill are focusing on the specifics that they can get out of it and are doing the best they can to interview as many people. I think when these whistleblowers came forward from the IRS uh, who were working on the case in Delaware with this U.S. attorney, David Weiss, who obviously has thrown the case. I mean, there's, as a former United States attorney myself, when I got a look at the Hunter Biden the documents that were filed, uh, that's a case you do in six months at the most, not five years. Uh, clearly, uh, when, when this guy in Delaware, the U.S. attorney, never interviewed Tony Bobolinsky, who was one of Hunter Biden's key business partners and who indicated he had valuable evidence. We don't even know if David Weiss has ever looked at that computer, even though the Delaware FBI and the Baltimore FBI had control of it. That's why what Jim Jordan and James Comer are doing is extremely important. The timetable for that, that's up to them. But I can tell you this, a two-year term for Congress is not very long. So they need to get a, they need to be galloping toward their end. What's the what's the timeline in terms of a scenario that could play out? Give us a potential. You you have been involved legally in these kind of high profile cases. So what might it look like if if this were actually to come to justice? Well, I I don't believe that the Department of Justice under Merrick Garland will be any part of that justice. Uh, whether or not the plea agreement, for example, between Hunter Biden and the U.S. attorney in Delaware goes forward is an open question. There's some speculation tonight with some people that I have been talking to that Hunter Biden may refuse to go through with the plea agreement. Uh, there are some problems that allegedly have developed. Uh, as you can imagine, Hunter Biden is a very difficult person to deal with, uh, even for friendly lawyers like his own. Um, if that falls apart, this creates a monumental problem for the Department of Justice and for the U.S. Attorney in Delaware. Um, the timetable is unknowable at this point because the election, uh, which is months away now, um, is going to interfere. Uh, usually it would interfere and stop things. But in this case, given the corruption at the Justice Department, it's going to interfere. And I expect former President Trump to be charged again with crimes in Washington, D.C. They're going to charge him, I believe, with a conspiracy uh, to engage in an insurrection uh, against the United States on January the 6th. I also expect him to be charged in Georgia uh, by the prosecutor there in Fulton County. It's it's. It's difficult for me to understand how a person can run for president with all of that going on legally, but I expect the president, former President Trump to do so. Because all of that is going on with him, the other levels, levers of government involving Hunter Biden are very, very, you know, at this point, they are so corrupt. 
the, the case that was brought against Hunter Biden is so ridiculous. I can't explain to you as a former United States attorney looking at it. They had major felonies that they had involving bribery, overseas, failure to register as a foreign agent, Foreign Corrupt Practices Act, kickbacks. They let the statute of limitations run on those cases so they couldn't be brought. That, to me, is the end of the story about how corrupt the Department of Justice is. Nobody in their right mind who's a real U.S. attorney allows the statute of limitations to run on any major case. What you do is you say to Hunter Biden and his lawyers, you either plead guilty to what I'm offering you or we're going to indict you for everything. And you either agree to an extension of the statute of limitations or we're going to indict you right away. None of that happened. None of the regular order was followed in Delaware and in Washington, D.C. So the answer is the corruption at the Department of Justice and the FBI is so bad that regular order does not attend. So what's going to happen? And the answer, I must say, God only knows. So what you're saying, given the present FBI and given the present DOJ, no matter what happens from Comer or from uh, Jim Jordan, there, there's not going to be any charges ever filed against Hunter Biden or the rest of the Biden family for the things that have happened. I, I believe that's exactly what's going to happen. And I think that's been the plan all along. And one of the reasons, for example, that the Delaware U.S. attorney has not revealed the plea agreement, which was reached. When he filed his little papers, when they announced that they had reached an agreement, the one thing that he didn't file was the plea agreement, which is the most important document in the case. What it tells you is, when you read a plea agreement, it says, we are charging you with this, this, and this. And in exchange for your agreement to plead guilty, we are not going to charge you with this, this, and this. It's that latter bunch the things they're not going to charge him with that really matter. What are they? What do they cover? The answer is they cover the rest of the family, including the big guy. It's not a very optimistic report we, you have for us tonight, Joe. <laughs> well, you know what? I'm, I, I'm, I'm a bad messenger, unfortunately, but you know what? Uh, I have ultimate faith in the American people. I think this is beginning to sink in the ugliness of it. The sheer filth of it is beginning to make people want to take a shower. It's how bad it is. Yeah. The, uh, when my wife and I were recently in Romania, I, of course, heard in a number of countries, we've just come from a number of European countries, uh, over a dozen, about 15 or so we've traveled in in the last couple of months. And when I was with some people in Romania, I said, talk to me about corruption. And what was said to me was very intriguing. The gentleman said, well, we have a whole group of politicians that are self-decidedly corrupt. They just are to the core. Then we have those who are trying to walk clean. But what happens if those who walk clean get into any power or threat to coming into power? The corrupt ones will find something, something nitpicky, anything against those who are trying to walk clean and the corrupt ones will accuse that person or those persons of corruption because they nailed them on some point. It feels like in America, that's precisely where we are. Well, we have, we have because of the Biden family, 
And because of what Joe Biden has done since the time he was a United States Senator, which is use his office to make money through other members of his family, his brother James, his son Hunter, and others. Because Joe has lived that way since 1974, he, he brought it to the White House as vice president and as president. And what we are watching is the single most corrupt president in the history of the United States. And it's being ignored by the mainstream media, which got him elected, propped him up, allowed him to campaign from his basement without ever basically engaging with his opponent, and then watching the system fall apart when he got elected. I, I think we are, we are in a, that's why, Jim, uh, your observations about Romania are really quite relevant right now to America. I never thought I'd say it. But we're at a very, very dangerous tipping point, and that's why it's really important that people understand how, it, I mean, this, this, this election in 2024 is so important. We, we, we tend to say that with regularity about every presidential election, but I'll tell you this time, there is no way this man can continue as president of the United States, and this country continues to be the way we have always known it. I, I agree. I agree. This this one is a crisis moment for us. Um, we're going to go right to prayer. Is there any? Let me ask this: Is there any question I should have asked you that I failed to ask, Joe? Before no. we sign off. No, you've all been very patient and very indulgent, and I'm deeply grateful for the opportunity to chat with you all. It's been really very, very enjoyable and glorious. Uh, Joe, what I really appreciate about the way your preamble, your preamble, your opening comments were quite frankly eloquent. I started jotting notes as fast as I could. And then I appreciated you, you demonstrated <clears throat> real Christian decorum when you said, I'm restraining myself now, lest I myself cross a line that would be inappropriate. Yeah. Now that's that's the first level of governance is self-governance. And you model the Christ likeness at that point. And then you call this to attention when you said, when when good and evil meet, which they are right now, somebody's going to win and it better be good. And so based upon that, we're going to go into a time of prayer right now, specifically for this. Leslie, Leslie Pablo, you're back there in Connecticut. Yes, Would I you am. Prayer, uh, the bless, first of all, to bless uh, Joe Genova uh, for all he's done, D. Genova. He's a, he's, a, he's a warrior of the first order. And if we, if we knew all he'd been through to stand for truth, it would probably startle us. So pray for him and then pray for integrity, righteousness, holiness to break loose in our nation. Absolutely. Heavenly Father, we are grateful that you brought Joe Genova's message tonight a message that many of us are not shocked, but Lord, many, many more people needed to hear. I thank you for his boldness. I thank you for he and his wife's uh, stand upon your truth. They have stood for many, many years and have been sounding the alarm. And so Father, I thank you for his faithfulness. And I pray that you bless him with a supernatural refreshing Father, I know Joe's heart gets discouraged at times, as we all do, especially when we're immersed in all of the darkness. But Father, I ask for a supernatural refreshing to come over him. Father, for his heart to be encouraged, his heart to be lifted up tonight, 
Father, for any heaviness, any oppression that he's feeling, Father, over his, his life and his family, I break that off in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, I pray for encouragement that can only come from heaven. I pray that his physical body is strengthened tonight. Father, for health and strength. He spoke of his age. Joe, you've got many years ahead of you. <laughs> Father, I thank you for strengthening his physical body and give him that joy of the Lord, which is his strength. Father, let joy just rise up in his heart as you encourage him tonight. We only can get our encouragement by the Lord. As we know, when David from the Old Testament would be so discouraged and surrounded by what looked like unimaginable odds against him, he encouraged himself in the Lord. So Father, we tonight, we ask for your, that in kind of encouragement. We are going to glorify you tonight, Father, because it says that, you, that we are not to pervert justice. It says this in Leviticus 19, Joe, do not pervert justice. God says, don't show partiality to the poor or favoritism to the great, but judge your neighbor fairly. Do not spread slander among your people or do anything that endangers your neighbor's life. That is the truth. And Father, that is the truth that Joe stands upon, that we as your believers, your intercessors, your faithful ones stand in that truth. And Father, I know we needed to hear, and more and more people are understanding the depth of the depravity and the depth of the evil and corruption that is in this administration and that is in, this, in, in our agencies of government. Uh, I really truly believe that the Lord is allowing this exposure. We need to see the depths of it. We are ready as an American people. We are ready as a church to understand what's going on, to have that situational awareness so that we can now go with the truth, with the power of prayer, with action points, with a commitment to vote, to go in and exercise our rights as citizens. Father, we thank you again for tonight. And I thank you again, Lord, that you are the author of law and order. You're the originator of true justice. Everything that is right and just and fair and honest, equal protection and equal application of the law, of our laws that are spelled out in our Constitution and Bill of Rights, that comes from you, Lord. And it's something that you gave us and our forefathers to stand and fight for in our nation. We've seen the violations in the highest echelons of our Justice Department in our law enforcement, Father, in the intelligence agencies. And we've seen time and time again that there just seems to be a two-tier justice system and that individuals and groups are treated very unfairly and differently based on their political affiliations. We know this is not right and we stand against this Lord. I thank you for the whistleblowers. I thank you for men and women to become again emboldened that they can just say, I cannot stand for this any longer. I don't care, I will give up my career. I will face discrimination. I will face uh, all sorts of criticism, but I must stand for the truth. And that's Father what I pray for, to rise up, to raise this up in the American citizenry. Lord, we've come tonight with just great, um, great um, burdens of prayer. And Father, we refuse to be discouraged. We refuse to believe that it's too late. For God, you are always the one who comes many times at the last minute when we all finally cry out and say, we cannot trust anything of man, no institutions of man. We can only trust you. 
and, will, and those who stand and speak your truth. Thank you, Father, for your encouragement tonight. And thank you for men like Joe that are standing for truth. Thank you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. A question for you, Joe. Is there any value in people writing, contacting, encouraging Congressman Jim Jordan or Congressman James Comer? Is there any advantage to doing that? Or is there any other action step that can be taken to try to seek justice and truth in this process? Oh, I encourage people to encourage the people on the Hill. Absolutely. Writing to Jordan, to Comer, all of those people, uh, they, they listen, believe me. These are, these are congressmen and women. This is their job. They understand it. Um, I think it's very important to communicate with them. And, 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 and that, that, is, that is very important that they need to understand that people support them in what they're doing. Because sometimes it gets a little lonely up there, no matter how public you are no matter how important you are, you may not feel, given the animosity of the mainstream media and the, the viciousness of the opposing party and the things that they say about people, it's really important for them to know that they are appreciated in what they're doing. So I would encourage people to communicate with them. And just so your, your listeners know this, my wife and I are engaged in our own personal battle on this very same front. We are engaged in putting together legal actions against people in the United States government who have done things against lawyers, tried to get us disbarred. So we have a Give, Send, Go page, which people can go to and learn about what we're doing. It's Joe DeGeneva and Victoria Tunsing, Give, Send, Go. And if people want to help out and contribute, we're, we're preparing legal actions against government officials organizations, all sorts of people, if they want to get directly involved, we welcome them at any time. Thank you for sharing that. And I want you to spell uh, your, your name and your wife's name slowly so people can jot this down so they could go to uh, the proper website uh, to, to support you if they desire to. Sure. Uh, my name, it's, it's Joe DeGeneva, which is D-I-G-E-N-O-V-A. And then it's Victoria Tunsing, T as in Thomas, O-E, N as in Nancy, S as in Sarah, I-N-G. And if they just go to Joe DeGeneva, Victoria Tunsing, give, send, go. Once you get DeGeneva in there, believe me, it'll pop up. And we, we, welcome, we welcome any support, help, whether it's just writing a note, whatever. If people want to donate, that's great, too but we are preparing lawsuits and all sorts of legal actions against the FBI and DOJ, and we would welcome the participation of anybody who's interested in that. Joe, I want to compliment you. you. You said to us you're almost 80, if I heard you right a few moments ago. Yes. You yes. could be looking just simply sitting on the beach in Florida or doing whatever you want to, and here you are. Uh, I know you said you're in Florida, but you're battling it out still you are a hero. You're a, you have a Caleb spirit on you. A Caleb <laughs> spirit at age 80, <clears throat> give me the mountain where the, uh, where the giants are, where the Anakim are. <laughs> that's apparently what you prayed before the Lord, because he's answered that prayer, and he's put, the, uh, put you on the, to take the mountains where the giants are. So I just pray the blessing of the Lord upon you, supernatural protection upon you. In the name of Jesus, Rosemary, you want to add to that? Yes, Father, we thank you even 
the name that you have um, christened him with, Joseph, that he will be as a Joseph, Lord, to uh, let your people go and to um, bring righteous government in the time where people are being enslaved by the spirit of Pharaoh. We thank you, Lord, even his name um, brought forth our Savior and Messiah, Joseph, the father of, of Yeshua on earth. And we thank you, God, that all the goodness and all the anointing and all that you've um, established in him from his baptism as a baby through all the sacraments and to this time will perform a great and mighty um, wonder for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I, from now on, I'm going to refer to you as St. Joseph. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you're, you're very kind. And let me just say, I'm deeply grateful to have been able to have joined your group this evening. Thank you so much. Rosemary, you started saying? Oh, this is his fun. Go, um, oh, it is. And go. It's on your phone. There's a great app. Very easy to participate and support. Gifts and go. Joe DeGeneva. Oh, my brother. Thank you so much for coming on with us. Blessings on you. Thank you. God bless you all. Take care. Bye-bye. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please read the show notes for additional details if you would like a copy of the book or resources mentioned. Remember that WellVersed is a 501c3 tax-deductible nonprofit organization. We rely on your support and partnership. Don't forget to hit subscribe to keep up to date with our latest episodes. Leave us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe too. Thank you for listening to the Wellversed podcast. For more information, please go to www.wellversedworld.org.